A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number Stores or SleepNumber.com. Turn it off. Right, well, the hour's started. Welcome to another podcast of the Mouth of Madness and TV show to you guys in Boston. What up, Boston America? I was going to do this. The Mouth of Madness. Oh, I love those stickers, Nick. Where'd you get those? Uh, <laughs> yeah, stickers aren't much fun for people who are listening. Um, my mate Phil Howes made us some stickers, um, and they're, they're really cool. Uh, we're going to... Um, we're going to stick them up around the place, maybe some in London. So if anyone gets a picture of themselves with a mouth of man in a stick, uh, sticker, we will share it um, on our socials. Just I'm going to stick them. I'm going to stick a bomb the tube stations. So if anyone sees them, hashtag mouth of manliness. And uh, we'll probably not do anything. We'll probably just say hello. Yep, we'll say hello. Uh, right, you might notice another voice. Another voice in the room. Which can only mean another guest. Um, yeah. We don't have many guests. Uh, I'm trying to keep guests to a fair minimum, really, so it's not all about guests. But once in a while, we get a guest who's probably worth having. Uh, and this is our friend, Brad Humble. Can you see him? Can you yeah, see him? there he is. There he is. Yeah. What's up, in Brad? In the flesh. Top, um, top first name, first of all. It's actually Rumble. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but Facebook won't let me have Rumble. No, yeah. So your actual sec- your actual name is Brad Rumble, yeah, right? Yeah. Which is amazing. <laughs> so, but Facebook wouldn't let you have Rumble. No. So you've gone with is Brad right? Humble. Yeah. Which is amazing. At the time, it's a you're literally like dripping with epic names. Yeah, that is that is. It's true. nuts, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. It's... Humble's really good, and it, like Rumble's almost the opposite to yeah. Humble. I kind of wish I'd gone with Grumble now. Grumble. Um, I like Humble. So what, they, do they just not let you have the name then? They're pretty tight with names, aren't they? they white really? boys at what, uh, Facebook. It's been used? Yeah. Or it, no, there's other Brad Rumbles and there's other Brad Humbles as well. Oh. When I search for it, I was like, there's no one called Brad Humble. That can't be yeah, there's Brad other Brad there's other Brad Actons. I couldn't believe it myself, but there is there's one well, or there's two. There's other Nick Cogburn, so that's like quite rare, Have you settled on Action Brad? Yeah, I think we've gone for Brad Action. Brad Action. Yeah. yeah. Bad Brad So action. neck tattoo is, um, we're going to get that sorted out once we get the get tattoo the table tattoo. back. Yeah, just Brad Action all the way around. Action. All the look, way. Right. Yeah, and the kids as well, they're getting it. So <laughs> it's an extra bit of shading on the Adam's apple. Right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So that'll be the eye. Action. Oh, yeah. ah, I look pretty yeah. good. <laughs> cool. cool. So, um, when when we kind of first came up with a podcast, um, I was thinking like right from that point really about having guests on, and you, Brad, were one of the ones that I thought of right from the beginning to have on. 
for a number of reasons. Um, first, you you introduced it was kind of last year, I think, and I was in a bit of a mess, and we were having conversations on a uh, messenger, and you introduced me to the Darren Brown book, which is fucking brilliant. Yeah, I tell um, everyone to read that. Man. And then yeah, we had quite a few conversations on from that, and obviously, um, your grum. How do you say it? Grum Reaper. Grum Reaper. Yeah. I always say Grum Reaper because you're uh, posh. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, well, and that as well, basically, you're a big advocate for uh, suicide prevention. You've got a massive story as well as to how you got to where you are. Yeah. Um, and how you came to doing the artwork that you do now, uh, which, from what you were saying earlier, has been massively successful. It's surprising, yeah, yeah. I didn't realise it would take off the way it has. Tell us first uh, what Grum Reaper is. Uh, so Grim Reaper, the character, is like the anti-Grim Reaper. So rather than coming to take your life or take your soul, he comes to save it if you want to take your own. Uh, he's basically like a superhero for the suicidal and the lost. So yeah. cool. It, I'm writing the story for it at the moment, and it takes... It, it, I started out with a few um, little ideas for webcomics, and then I started writing it, and it just grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. And now it's, it's, like, it's going to be like four books. Wow, yeah. man. <laughs> what, are you going to draw it all like a graphic novel type thing? Uh, I'll write it as a, a novel first, and then I'm going to need to do illustration to then hone my skills, and I can then turn it into a graphic novel as well. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Wow. That's so it's good cool. good to have a mission. Yeah. Isn't it? It is good to have a mission. It sorts you out. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. what, it's something that Darren Brown says in the book, isn't it? He says, if you, um, I was wondering if that no, might, <laughs> if, he says the reason a lot of religious people are happy is because they've got a purpose greater for them themselves. And I come from existentialism and cynicism, so I was yeah, like, I, I don't do. really like anything, or life seems a bit pointless. But in finding that purpose, it was on, it basically it was on the mental ward in Basildon when I was there. I was like, I can teach, if I can teach myself how to beat back this demon that was depression, then it will become my greater purpose to then pass that on to other people. And that's... Where I'm at now. And that was eight years ago I started that. Yeah, it's kind of like me a bit. Like having, thinking, oh, you can use it rather than have it use you. And you can use it in a way that's positive. And then actually that makes you feel better. And along the way you're helping other people. It's like, it's a no-brainer, isn't it? Yeah. And I think like, we very much did that. And I think that's why, you know, why, why we're here, really. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's what we're getting from the podcast. Is basically, it, we haven't really, we haven't got an agenda. It's great that we're doing it because we mates. We want to do it. It's obviously I've already had the gear because of stuff we've had before. But what's come out of it, what we've got in common, and what people are reaching out to us about is, um, yeah, the fragility of life and how precious we all are and the troubles we're all going through um, and. Every week, like, and I keep saying it, but the messages that are coming out are just like, it's just crazy. It's how always much, surprising, right? Yeah. Um, like how much people are opening up to us and bearing their souls, basically. And we're no one and we don't pro- <laughs> profess to be anyone and we don't know any answers. We, well, we're, we're just trying to sort ourselves out, right? Yeah. <clears throat> I guess like in some ways you, took, you, you, you can share some of the knowledge you've learned along the way. So you can say, right, well, this is what I do. It don't work for everyone, but this this might be helpful. And that's kind of like what you did. To that's me. basically all I do. <laughs> yeah, you just yeah. give someone. You just say, like, well, I did this. Mm. You know, uh, like little nuggets of yeah. But essentially, wisdom. you have to get there on your own. Yeah, like, these are some things that really help me. You got to take responsibility. Yeah. Like if you don't, like I, I was a massive nihilist. I wanted to see the world burn because I didn't fit in, and it was trying to fit in that just drove me into the ground and it's only really past five six years or so like through tattooing and now grum reaper that i've found that you don't have to fit in yeah because like, we always view ourselves as separate to society because we don't fit in with a type of society but we are part of society yeah and it's normally people who are willing to stand out and be a bit weird that have changed history yeah like the way i was, I was explaining this to someone earlier um if you look at the tools the chimpanzees use today, they've been using the same thing for 10,000 years. 
The moment the chimpanzee decides to attach this rock that it uses to crush fruit to a stick, we're fucked. Yeah, wow. But that's if you go back to our roots as well, there was obviously that that stone that we used to crush fruits. And then one of them was like, you know what? I'm going to attach a stick to that. And then he was probably seen as weird. Like, why would you attach a stick to that? Yeah, have you seen John? Look, he's fucking... <laughs> look at that. What's he <laughs> doing? What are you doing with that stick, you bell ends? What are you doing? But you take that and you, you push that over all of time and you end up with the iPhone. You end up with everything we've got now. Yeah, it's crazy, crazy isn't it? It's <laughs> yeah. so mad. That is nuts. Like, and that is true. Like, that's genuinely... There's no reason. But the thing is, that alone... Like so many questions come into your head, like because you think like, you know, maybe not in our lifetimes, but like, what does the future hold for us? It's nuts. I think like coming back to what you said though, like people uh, in those early times, people became tribes, and they did it initially because it was safer. Yep. Mm. Yep. Uh, and people, I think, still do that. Roving walls, yeah, wall yeah. packs yeah. of walls, that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah. And I think you know, like at school, you think people get into groups because they feel safer against the yeah. others and um and i actually don't need to do that and like i'm always saying to my kids now you just be your own person do you think that's changing with technology and communication now well the people are becoming less tribal or more yeah, tribal less tribal um especially with like the things that are being shared on facebook and social media people are seeing that there's more that connects them than divides them almost yeah, I think uh, my problem is is that the only people I only like younger people I see are normally um, like really naughty kids, and they and they're incredibly tribal. <laughs> but then I think about like my nephews when they were a bit younger, and they were like really open minded about stuff. I was always really impressed by that, and they kind of felt all right being themselves. But I know like some of them would still have periods where they're like, right, I need to cut my hair because everyone's taking the piss. You know, like that is always... <laughs> I recognise that, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that is part of humanity, really. And you kind of like... You know, I still have those moments now. It's like, why the fuck do I put this hat on before I come out? Obviously, because my hair was scruffy, but it wouldn't even matter. If <laughs> You've got hair to be off. scruffy, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we were talking about hair like on a, another episode. And he's slapping my bald head. Yeah, but I think is that why... We get is that why we have like the middle age crisis and everything because you're finished with school, finished with college, and then you do your work or whatever and do a little bit of normality, and then all of a sudden you kind of get to this stage in life where you're like, oh, hang on a minute, like, yeah, can I still one. wear my ripped jeans? Or like, <laughs> is it to do like what I've always sort of understood about the midlife? I've not had a midlife crisis, obviously, because I'm 30, <laughs> but what I've seen in it is people seem to they was told that this was the be all and end all. Yeah. Like get married, have the house, the it cars. It was the dream, right, yeah. the fifties kind of like, like, and then everything will be all right. Yeah. yeah. But then you get to it and you're just like, what? oh no, no, it's not all no, right. Really? <laughs> I mean, that, that totally happened to me, but I felt like that all the way through to be honest. But there was a big part of me that thought, right, I need to do this and do this, get the house and, and then everything will be all right. And then I've almost fulfilled what I was meant to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm like, oh shit, what now? And I've totally felt that. And until we started doing this, really, yeah. all the way before that, for years and years, it's like, oh, well, what am I doing for me? Mm. And like, that's all right to think, you know, you need to do stuff for you. And that's that thing that's bigger than you as well. Yeah. Because, you know, as you're saying, people were messaging you, being like, well, I can be open about this sort of thing and yeah. not be judged for it. And that is transformative. Yeah, like, oh, totally. Yeah. And as well, like, being. Like, there's times when I think, oh, like, should we be saying what we're saying and everything? But then if, like, we're honest with ourselves and we're just saying, like we say, we don't know any of the answers and we're just talking about what we are talking about from our experiences. And that's giving power enough to kind of do the same. That is answers. Yeah, yeah I guess you're right, yeah. yeah. And we did say, like, if we can just change one, not change one, but maybe help one person or get through to one person, then we've kind of done our job. And as I keep saying, like, it's a terrible idea for a business model and podcast. But, like... <laughs> get rid of one person. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's my mum at home. There is like, no business model. I no. said the same thing for Grom Reaper. Yeah. And it was last September I got a message from someone in Canada who he had self-harmed. He was on the verge of committing suicide and I spent seven hours talking to him on Messenger. Amazing. Um, three months later, he messages me saying he's got his dream job and I literally cried. I'm like getting oh, choked up about it, just so thinking good. about it now. Yeah. It was like, and we, we, we're still in contact, 
And that was just because one of my Instagram posts, it caught his eye and he just wanted to message me. And it's That's like, brilliant. and I didn't want to see someone lost to it. Because no. you can beat it. If I honestly think if there's any, any type of death or cause of death out there that you can beat, suicide is it. Because... Yeah. No, <laughs> you can decide not to do. It. I don't like. I don't well, want to speak out. Ostensibly, you can pretty much do something about. Yeah, it. I find uh, what's weird. That's no, not. We're not playing it down. Like, it's not easy. No, like, no, no, no. But no. I think like what <laughs> been there five times. Yeah, Craig Campbell's saying is that um, it's not like you know if you've got a disease, you might not be able to beat it, like cancer or something. And I suppose like mental health problems are often very much disease like. Mm. But essentially. You can just decide not to. Do you see? Do you see the difference between mental health and mental illness? Um, I always think I always say to people, you can have a mental health problem, but not. Sorry, you can have bad mental health, but not be mentally, but not be mentally ill, or, and you can be mentally ill with good mental health. And it's like, what what part of that spectrum do you fit in? it's like pennies dropping because i hadn't really for me it's such a new thing to be talking about and to be talking about it openly and it's always it, there is this new banner of like mental health and we were kind of worried that we didn't want to be sort of parked into sort of like just mental health but you guys are definitely not going to just parked in no <laughs> we're like to try and sort of we are parking in there quite everywhere yeah <laughs> but like I don't know. I, like the terminology and stuff like that is something that media's given us. It does. I do worry that a lot of people have kind of jumped on it in regards to. Well, I shouldn't worry because it's a good thing. It's a positive thing still. It's not like, like self-diagnosis sort of thing. Yeah, but I think what's what I like now is I'm seeing and hearing about companies that have got like side rooms for people who just want to have like ten minutes. Mental out. health emerge. Uh, mental health first aiders. Yeah, right? yeah. Around, yeah. I've been working up a can I say it? Yeah, Imperial College and anyone with a green lanyard, you can go up to them and they're a mental health first aider and they will literally, I don't know what it involves, but it really caught my eyes. Like, oh, man, that's awesome. That's like, pretty you can cool. Literally, like, the people are really giving it some thought. And I think, like, we're lucky to be part of a generation that's probably seen the worst side of don't talk about it, don't cry and everything else. But now we're starting to see this where you really can go into work and go like, do you know what? I'm going to go home now. I'm going to have a duvet day. I'm not going to, you know, do anything about it. And it, I'd like to think it'll be seen as, all right, yeah, no problems. Like you go and do what yeah, you want I to do. Yeah, I still don't think that would happen. No, but you know what I mean? It's <laughs> I in that general like, direction. Just as in just there's progress there. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I'm waffling it's about. It's funny though. It's new ground. ground. I, I think that's right. You can have a mental health problem and not necessarily be mentally Ill. Mentally Ill. I think I go through periods when I would say I've got a mental health problem you've got clinical depression yeah I've got yeah and same as you BDP get down with BDP BPD BPD yeah BPD and brain police department yeah and then but I think yeah I've got a problem I've got I've had numerous diagnoses over the years and and I can associate with those diagnoses and I know like if there's a time when I'm not working on being on top of it. Yeah, you have to be proper on top of it. <laughs> yeah, you do. And that's the fucking problem. And it is really tiring. I five it's something as small as just having a pastry. It just starts fogging my brain up. So I have to proper be on top of what I eat. But I still, I'm like, oh, I want, I want a kebab. And, you know? What? Cause you, <laughs> what? Why? What? Because you it, eat... Like if I eat, basically, if I eat anything that's just not good for me, my brain will fog up and I can't think straight. So I have to keep my body like avocados is what probably that found out. part of your daily gig. You were eating uh, an avocado when I come pick you up. <laughs> um, so what part of your daily um, thought processes and stuff like that are yeah, affected yeah. and like little kind of mental challenges kind of hit you throughout the day kind of thing? Just not being able to think clearly. Yeah. Like, and especially where I'm doing Grum Reaper, I have to be able to be on point constantly. Yeah. And then... Yeah, it, it, so part of it is not being able to make decisions or choices easily. So I decided about six months ago to just eat the same thing every day. 
I'll pretty much eat the same stuff. That's amazing. I love the idea of that, like the simplicity of I'll that. Much like I try and wear the same um, socks and pants every day, so that saves like a lot of time in the morning. <laughs> what about but, the same pair from yeah, like, then you haven't got the, the previous day? No, 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 no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We rewind that. Like the same time. Like, yeah, the black. Uh, black with yellow stripes on for work and I've got some colourful ones for weekends and then black with white stripes on for work and then some colourful ones for weekends. I see, I do that with all of my clothes pretty much. Yeah, it's just easier. You haven't got to worry. Just black. I pretty much wear the same pair of jeans every day. I've got a couple of pairs. Swap them about. Yeah. uh, And the black t-shirt and a jumper. Just keep it simple. I'll change my jackets. That's about all I change. Do you not think, I think that's part of uh, like a stoic mindset though. Because it just makes choice uh, yeah, yeah, easier. You almost like simplifying everything down, yeah. so that um, you're not or you're not almost um, yeah clouding yourself with overly thinking. Yeah, you don't need to think about what you're wearing. Once you know what you like wearing, that's it done. Yeah, <laughs> I tell you what though. About ten years ago, I went right. I'm just gonna wear black, and um, ever since then, no, I don't. Um, you know, like when when you get self conscious and you stand in front of a mirror and you're like, I don't know, I don't know. If you wear the same really shit do. all the time, you don't have that. I really stand in front of the mirror and look at myself like, hey, yeah. It's a weird because I don't think that I have to worry about what I look like. Like, if someone's attracted to, me. here's how I break it down. Right, I I am a big guy, shaved head, tattoos, piercings, but I'm not attracted to guys who look like me. So how can I decide if I'm attractive or not? It's, I just suppose that's about confidence, isn't it? Like, you obviously make some effort in what you're wearing. You're not just like, but like you've got a style about it. You just cheap you? stuff off of Wish. That's yeah, a style <laughs> about it, isn't it? It's not like you've just, you know, you've just rolled out of bed. You, yeah. Is it because you kind of like, because you've kind of nailed your look almost? That it's kind of like you're within the scope of your wardrobe. You know, you could probably pick out two or three yeah, things. You know, you know what's yeah. on and know what works and know what don't. But what's freeing is not worrying about it still. Because I still like, I've got, there's stuff I've got to wear for work. And there's stuff I normally like to wear for this, but I didn't have time to get changed. I have stuff when I go to meetings. I have stuff when I do other things, music stuff and stuff that I wear at home. And, and like, I always have to have all these different uniforms. And I kind of like, I'm looking forward to simplifying my life. Do you slot into different personas based on what uniform you're wearing as well? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say personas as much. I probably talk more if I've got my fake glasses on and my... Um, Take a shirt on a bit of sort of Seth Rogany, and then talk less when I'm just like work clothes, head down. You know what, mate? Is screwdriver, whatever. <laughs> stick it in your eyeball. Um, and that's kind of like, yeah, I've probably got like three or four different characters. But what this year has been for me is trying to get rid of all of those. And circumstantially, I'm changing jobs and changing a few other bits and bobs. And there is natural rapport, though, depending on who you're hanging around with. Your personality changes. Yeah, I think because. I've stopped hanging around with so many people because of work and everything else. I think part of discovering myself and who I am is kind of working out that rapport and picking out nice bits that I like and just kind of doing that. But it's something I hadn't realised until we were speaking to Neil and you, you started sort of saying, well, Brad, you're this, you're that. And I was like, am I? Is that true? And I was like, oh, yeah, I suppose it is a bit. And then you start... Having an ob- when you add stuff even that, out to you. even even people's judgment on you goes through the filter of their their mind. Oh, totally. So I was still like, like no, no, fuck you. Like that doesn't make any sense. I <laughs> like I can't remember what you're saying now, but like, yeah, there's an element of like, oh right, I'll I'll take that and I'll I'm going to take that with me now and go about my daily life and just be a bit more like that kind of thing. So it's molding, I guess. Is it only with negative things or is it positive things as well? I feel like people haven't been negative enough to me. Like, I think we've mentioned it in the podcast before. Yeah, like, it's, it's that, it's, I want someone to punch me in the eye. Yeah, I can't do it. Kind of of you know, like you were saying, that's nihilistic, isn't it? Uh, that's uh, self-destructive in some ways, I think. Yeah. Uh, and I'm really self-destructive, so I can, I can like, associate with what you're But what saying. I like about our relationship, Nick, is we straight away were like, uh, no, fuck you, that's not going to work. Or... I think I said before, like when I was getting my tattoo, I was like, oh, I'll take the line all the way up my shoulder. And it was like, yeah, but you look like a cunt. And I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, I will. So yeah, I won't do that. And it's like, I could have said that, no, I do definitely want it done. I was like, no, actually, I don't know why. I said, it was just like, I could have just carried it up or whatever. But well, I don't really know what I said that. I was like, it's so nice for someone to just say no or yes kind of thing. And throughout the podcast thing, there's been things where we've been like, no, nah, we'll leave that or yes, we'll know that. And like my previous friendships, 
everyone's just gone, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Like they want to just be yes, man. Yeah. And I, like, I don't know whether they, I hate the thought that they might have to adhere to me because they really don't. Like, I want them to go, that's a good idea, but why don't we try this, that or everything else? Because that's kind of what I try and do. I say loads of things and put all the ideas out there so that people they can then go, right, we'll do that bit, that bit and that bit. We'll put that together. Oh, I've got an idea. Oh, I've got an idea. And it all so they call it um, subtractive, subtractive thinking. Yeah, yeah I guess maybe, so. like, but maybe uh, within that, you're being generous and going, right, we could do this, we could do that, da 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 da. Yeah. But actually, what you want to do is that. Yeah. And like, you're like, I know that's going to work. Yeah. And then other people chip in and you make it a group yeah. from that. That's true. So I don't think there's anything wrong with going, no, no, look, I've got something here. Yeah. Like, what do you think about this? And then people can go, no, and you go, well, I can't afford about something else. But it's always my but worry like, that people haven't said no. That's what gets me. Do you think I... it's disingenuous? Because I always think if someone's too positive constantly, I'm like, why are you lying yeah, to me? Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> that's, but I feel like everyone's been like that over the years. What's interesting is I'm meeting a, a friend, an old friend of mine, who we got on really well with, but we kind of fell away from. And he's going to be the first sort of mate that I've met up with since kind of doing this. I've got a couple of questions for him. Because a lot of stuff went on around the time that we were there. And loads of people just sort of fell away and went away. But in my mind... I'm sure there was a couple of things that happened. We've kind of established that I think my brain is kind of shutting stuff away to, to kind of protect itself. Maybe it's stuff I've got to sort out and deal with. But I'm kind of looking forward to just saying to him, like, did I actually do anything wrong or did anything happen kind of thing? Because everyone was kind of all positive and sunny. I'm certain there were a couple of instances that I'm not going to talk about, but a couple of things definitely did happen that involved me. Nothing sinister, but I'm fairly certain there were sort of things said and stuff I might have said. I'm looking forward to getting the chance to sort of clear that up and clear the air. And what is going to annoy me tomorrow if he goes, no, mate, you're lovely. Because I'm going to go, no, I really want, like, give me a bit more. Quite he, might have really he might have just thought nothing of it. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> yeah, you know what? True. Nine times out of ten, people don't, people are in the middle of their lives or they're dealing with They're worrying the same thing. Shit. Yeah. They're probably going to yeah. be like, where did I go wrong? Where did I, where yeah, did I fuck up? Yeah, Why has Brad rung me for eight years? <laughs> No, yeah. no, that's probably right, though. I don't really worry about stuff like that that much now. It does happen to me. It's like realising when people are walking down the street and you're stood there like, oh, wondering what they're thinking about me. They're thinking, oh, I wonder what they're thinking about me. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is as simple as that. Because our brain's just going, right, we need to fit everyone into a box. Yeah. Somehow. And that's all you're really doing. And a lot of the time, like, you're, th you're thinking, oh, they're thinking that, and uh, they're probably not thinking it at all. Mm. Uh like, and I, I do think, like, most of the time, that's the case. Yeah. And I, I do, you know, you were saying about, uh, you know, you were saying about feeling, you know, putting on different hats for different things. And mm. Yeah, we do do that. But for me, like, I don't really do that anymore. I just, no. I really don't. I've, like, I, I got to a point where I was so fucking fucked off of feeling fucking mental and ill. that like, now I'm just like, oh, if you, if you can't take me as I am, then really don't bother. I think that I think that's getting easier with age, in my experience anyway. I'm beginning to be a lot more forceful with, if I don't like something, I'm a lot more up for telling people, whereas we know I wouldn't have been before. I would have kind of like skirted around it or tried to overcompensate, yeah. excuse me, to try and sort of make up for it. But I think now I am getting to the stage where I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to wear, I just want to wear shorts all the time or like, I'm going to wear these. I'm just You're going becoming to the dude. Yeah. The bouncer. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the dressing gown. <laughs> yeah. But it's funny, like, I think you spend, um, when you're trying to do the right thing by everyone all the time, like, very rarely does anyone go, oh, thank you. No. People don't give a fuck. No. People really don't give a fuck. Yeah. People are only interested in themselves yeah. most of the time. Yeah. Like, not all people are like that. No. Granted, not all people are. Um, but Do you not find with some people that are in, like, selfless that they're doing that for a selfish game? Yeah, we covered we this the other day. We think I might be doing that. It's the, I actually, don't know why, you're, but... You're, it's the martyr syndrome, isn't it? When you're like, I'm helping everyone. I'm doing stuff for everyone all the time. Yeah. Um, uh, but no one's doing anything for me. Yeah. Um, and then you're thinking, but I, I'm a really good person. It's like, well, you are a good person, but you're probably only doing it because by making them happy, you're making yourself feel happy. You heard of uh, toxic nice guy syndrome? No, nah, cool. It's basically along those lines. Like, a guy will be really nice to a girl specifically so she'll have sex with him. And when his advances are rejected, he's like, oh, you're a bitch. You're a slut. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. That's, okay. that's not how it should be. You should yeah. just be beating friends. And if you get together, it's like, yeah. 
Yeah. But I've, I've known a few people like that and it's like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people get like that. Yeah. Uh, I read the game and that, uh, and it, like, that's almost almost a bit like that, is that, you know, you you show some advances and then you neg them. Oh, so you give right, them okay. negatives and then they'll go, oh, shit, I want, I want to prove myself now and prove that I'm all right. So then they'll then latch onto you. And the more you neg them, the more they want you. It sounds like a horrifying book. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I never really it's, believed it's really about those processes, but they do understand exist. human behaviour. It's actually it's told in a story, like an autobiography, uh, and it's really well written. And it does essentially is about human behaviour, and you find it. It goes crazy as well. So I recommend it to anyone. anyone What's it called? Uh, the Game by Neil Strauss. Uh, it's been. It's the problem with it is being picked up by the incel crowd. The incel crowd. So incels are basically a Gilead from Handmaid's Tale. They think that women are just to be used for sex. It's, it sounds uh, yeah, like yeah, in, yeah, yeah, involuntarily yeah. celibate. It's like, oh yeah, I'm not having sex because women won't have sex with me. It's like, yeah, but they're not there just to have sex with yeah. their people. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. And it, and in this book, it basically completely objectifies women. And it, what happens is at the end, like he learns that it was wrong and... Uh, like it turns around, but it becomes down to a point when he's living in a house full up of like a religious cult, a house in LA where he's teaching everyone how to do it. Um, Courtney Love ends up living there. She's off her, off her head all the time. Everyone's yeah. just really pissing. Everyone's just pulling people and allegedly. It's utterly mental. Yeah, he ends up being friends with loads of rock stars and that and. It just goes, but he's actually like a really little kind of Jewish fella with like he had really wispy hair, and he went from being having no confidence to being supremely confident, uh, just through understanding psychology. Really. It sounds like a cult. Eh? Well, like no, that, cult. that's kind of where it went. But uh, you can even go like on a like YouTube version of the, of the Playboy Mansion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it, just set it up himself. It does become like that. You can go on YouTube and you can watch people who use the method. And you see them just go up to a girl, take my. Oh my god! That's nuts. It is like mental. scary it's stuff. Objectifying and disgusting. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting seeing the way it works. Uh, I was once at a meeting with one of my friends, and the guy who was like holding the meeting it was just three of us. Was like a super alpha, but like not big, but very very. I want to talk about this. When I heard you talk about alpha male before, yeah. it's just a social construct. Yeah. Why are you not an alpha male for being able to talk openly about your emotions? And well, stuff? that's true. That's uh, a really good shout. My wife forwarded me something on, uh, like, from Facebook the other day, and it had like the top ten things, like, uh, like things that people consider to be manly in men. Ah, oh, that's interesting. Uh, and stuff like fixing stuff and that kind of stuff. They're all down in the seven and eight. Sharpening a pencil with a Stanley knife. Got me on there. But like number one was some like a man who will hold doors open for men and women. Yeah. You know, just someone who's courteous. Yeah. And like most of them are like that. And Sweet. I found that really cool because I just thought, like I do that. Like yeah. I'm not holding the door open for a woman. I'm holding the door open because I'll let everyone go in front. Yeah. In front of me, just because it's like a polite thing, nice thing to do. But, so but I agree with what you say. We grew up on celluloid. We're seeing people like James Bond, and it's like I am the yeah. ultimate pinnacle of men, but. When you meet people like that, it's almost like a facade. Yeah. It's like it's covering up a lack of being able to deal with their emotions. Yeah, or is it desperately the way a lot of people, you know what I'm saying about uh, fitting in, a lot of people feel better if they fit in. So are they just trying to fit into a mould because then they feel that almost like, that's validating for them. Yeah. You know, like people who go to church, right, if I go to church, then that validates me and then everything's all right. Yeah. Whereas I've never been able to sit in that, so that's why I've always <laughs> been a fucking mess. Yeah. Mate, I've never felt right in any of them. I think, like, film and culture, like, has so much to, to do with it. I remember, like, watching Snatch and then just, like, dressing, like, people from Snatch all the time and, like, almost it's talking like It's very influential. Like it. yeah, 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 totally. And Lockstock and things like that. And Was like, you guys talking about Star Wars? Every week, uh, no, so. but no, no, again, same sort of message. I've like, oh, am I done? 
I'm trying to think now. I think I talked about the first time, like thinking about women and like fancying Princess Leia, and I used to draw pictures of her. Luke, her, her and Luke, yeah. I don't think I'm but, talking about that. A That's prime cool. example in Star Wars is when Harrison Ford basically forces himself onto Leia. Right. But they've continued that storyline yeah, yeah, to them having Kylo Ren. Yeah, there's a few like things like that. Like if you if you want, but that's a social stereotype, isn't it? It's like that's the way you're meant to live. Yeah, uh, women are uh, less, you know, in men are superior, and that's all right. And like, you think that's true though. You think those films just carry that on. Yeah, it is crazy. I've yeah. never felt that way because like my mum's always, mum. Like, I see my mum as being quite a powerful person. Yeah, mine too. And like she was very much bought. You know, she was women. Women are life. fucking strong, man. Yeah, yeah exactly. they've got it's like, and I, I, I said this recently. Yeah. If if Men showing feminine traits such as crying, hugging, snuggling, enjoying that sort of thing, or enjoying romantic films. I enjoy a romantic film yeah. as well. Yeah. If that is then perceived as weak, then fuck you. Yeah. Women are strong. Like, so how can it possibly be fucking weak? Yeah. Surely, if women are more able to show their emotions, that makes them stronger than a lot of fucking men, right? Yeah. yeah it is. No, it does. It worries me. Uh, Easily, it can be swaying and effective. Like, have you watched Grease lately? Like, basically, like, is it Sandy and Danny and they're yeah. sort of messing about or whatever? But at the end of the film, when she dresses oh, up, puts all the puts all the leggings on and lipstick on and the fake hair and nails and everything, then all of a sudden he's sort of super interested in her, and they're all sort of after at the end. No, it's but like then happy he's, end. He's that, that, I mean, that's a multifaceted thing, is that? Is Sandy uh, regaining her power and saying, no, oh, look, yeah. I'm in charge now. And then is the film saying that women can be strong or at the same time it's saying to be strong, you have to put on waffer thin trousers yeah. and, <laughs> and like do yourself up. Yeah. Like it's a, it's, it's, and I there's a lot to be it's funny it? like it's we'd see it recently and I was like fuck there's something there and there's something I don't something's not right with that and I don't I don't I don't that really highlighted a lot of stuff for me and I started looking and thinking like thinking back to other films and thinking like fuck it's it's crazy like scary almost so how like them stereotypes are just plugged in like James Bond straight up just rapes pussy galore yeah like how many times has he just like grabbed them, pulled them towards him? Yeah. But James Bond's like, oh, yeah, it's the pinnacle yeah, of men. It's funny because I can't say I've ever tried yeah, to like, do that, but can you imagine someone watching that thinking it's normal and then going out and doing that? It's crazy. No, it's, well, no, that's exactly what happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly what happens, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, men are almost empowered to um, assume that it's good to be forceful. Yeah. Uh, and like for years, the courts have, uh, have pretty much been all right with that. They're only just really changing. Yeah. Because, uh, but, I mean, that's just built into our culture. That is totally just part of our culture. Mm. But you don't have to, you don't have to accept cultural norms, do you? No. But the problem is, is that people kind of think they do. Yeah. Because if they don't, then then they're not comfortable. So it's easier just to go with the norm. Mm. Hopefully. But, like, it's bollocks. <laughs> like, are we in a time now where... People being grateful for what they've got, what they can do, what they can achieve, being a bit more humble and being empowered to sort of stand up for what they want to do, what they believe in. Um, I like to think stuff's changing and turning around. I think it's changing at a phenomenal rate now. Yeah. Like with, um, if you go back to when I was at school, like 15 years ago, if you was gay, people would still give you a bit of a rib digging. Yeah, of course. Whereas now, you ask someone who's at school, it's like, oh, is there anyone in your year that's gay? They're just like, yeah. yeah. There's Mark, yeah, there's Lisa. So cool. And it's just like, what? That's, so, so <laughs> that's the sort of, that's what you want. Yeah, and to turn that, like you say, it's, that has turned around in our lifetime. Yeah. And not, there's no exact. I mean, there probably would have been people that were or wasn't like angry about it, happy about it, had like opinions about it and everything else um, years ago as well. But... The fact that that's becoming the social like acceptance and openness of everyone, and I, hopefully it's it comes down to like love and seeing good in people. I think it means like humanity is turning around a little bit. Yeah, in, in some ways, uh, I always say we we need to like um, like the old generation they need to die out, and then we might better. <laughs> that's right, though. And it's almost like we can put they ain't listening war. to the podcast anyway. Are they? <laughs> I, I, I always like I had a big kind of not a big argument but quite a heated discussion with my uh, 
sister about like um you know like the war and how i kind of wish we would just move on from it yeah um but like she was really really angry with me for saying that and I kind of went away and learned a lot more about it because I thought, well, there's got to be something in it, mm. and I kind of and I could put, I could understand her point of view, but it's almost like as the older generations now go, that it will be more open. Whenever people, it's not someone just holding it back. Whenever That's, I hear people talking about World War Two, it's always in this relation to like nationalism or the ferocity of our soldiers. Do you know only like fifteen percent of the soldiers would shoot at anybody? Yeah, from both sides. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. They'd either shoot up into the sky or they'd shoot down into the ground. Because yeah. when you look across and you see someone who's 18 and you're 18, with fear in both of your faces, it's just like, why the hell right? are we here? It doesn't surprise me. I, I've, I'm so cynical about the war. I really don't want to say something out of turn. A lot of people have obviously... Be careful, brothers. People get upset about yeah, this I know. Shit. They really like, do. Sorry, Mum. But, like, <laughs> based... Uh, there's elements of me. I did think the other day, I wonder if they told everyone to go downstairs, go in a shelter or hide under the table while they knocked down loads of bits of London that they didn't want or didn't like anymore. You're talking about like conspiracy then, stuff. Now. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> right. And then when everyone come out, it's like, oh, look what someone else done. Now, uh, that's unfactual. And I, you know, <laughs> I've, just, I've just made that up. But like, think about it for a second. And I, I also think that about the Great Fire of London as well. I do think like maybe they've like. Oh, no, but didn't I, it happen just after like? Uh, when, didn't that kill the plague? How did it really? And it wasn't it just mostly the poor areas that burned down. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Where most of the plague was that, because it was the poor people who couldn't fucking. I'm not saying this care. stuff happened, and I. Uh, I shooting the shit, right? Yeah, yeah. All I'm saying is like, you know. Like I've, my granddad was in the war and my great grand was in the war. One when my granddad's come back with like an arrow in his back and like my uncle still got it. Like an I, arrow? Yeah. What, like what was he? He was in Burma, I think, or someone like oh. that. But um oh no, he wasn't. That was um where was he? He was in Borneo. Um and yeah, I'm I don't know, I feel like I've entered into a bit of a fucking minefield. <laughs> um It can't for me it can I Interject? No, yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> no, you can because I want you to. Because well, I, I, I don't want to say anything. Like I'm going to have like loads of people from age concern ring up the now. War, and, and you actually very rarely see this in the older people who were actually in the war. Um, you kind of see it from others quite often. But uh, that kind of perpetuation of anger, animosity, and hate. Um, that uh, feeling that we won, that's making us better. Us and them. And I, and I just think it's really, it divides people. Yeah. It, and and then you see a lot about Brexit and that kind of is very similar. Yeah, it's touching you know, on it's that. It's harking back to a time that, you know, we've moved on from. Yeah. And it's like, uh, actually, that these, these conversations aren't helpful. We should be thinking from a standpoint of let's try and, be nice to one another yeah. and all move forwards. Yeah. And I find when you when like talk of war and that comes in, no one really focuses on that. No. They focus on oh, haven't we done a good job, didn't we win? Yeah. Uh, our country, aren't we brilliant? Yeah, and so or it's like we I won it for that other country. In terms of countries. No. I think we should be thinking in terms of people. Yeah. Uh so we're right, yeah, we are we are a country on our own. But actually, it's our world. Yeah. This is what always comes back yeah. to my thinking. It's like, well, it's our world. So all the time we're thinking in terms of country, which is just a name. Yeah. Um, then Lines we're just separating each other out. And all the time we're separating, um, we're, we're going to have conflicts because people always want to be I'll, better. I always yeah, find I a lot of divide is to just do with identity. So you've got white versus black. Yeah. Poor versus rich. Old versus young. Right versus left, yeah. Red versus blue, and it, your identity just hinges on your belief system and how you was brought up. Yeah, yeah, where you were born, and yeah. it's ultimately irrelevant because you feel the way I feel about the things that hurt you or the things that make you happy. So knowing that the, that the core of every human being is the same basis of emotions, exactly, you should be connecting with each other on that basis. Yeah, finding more than, thing in common is positive. Yeah, 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 it's like we're all vulnerable. Even even last night, I was walking home with a, like a chav, as we used to say, but we were just talking about life and just talking about life, you know? And yeah. I found that. I found like there, there is like there's a common language within us all. 
like we start talking about ourselves and our, our feelings like that's common to everyone um and like all the, and if we do that we'll all probably get on a lot better because we'll understand other people's issues we'll understand our issues and life will be a lot better whereas at the moment everyone wants to divide and it's like well that's not the answer there's like there's an overarching truth here it's like the that everyone conquer, seems right? to be fucking missing yeah so like, sort it out this is fucking obvious yeah like it really is so oh. we're, we're just basically humans are all scared but then is it that does it come under i know it's like conspiracy again but does it come down to like control and money and like keeping people in fear and i don't yeah, think yeah, i don't think and, that like i used to i used to be a massive conspiracy nut like yeah. seriously massive conspiracy nut like i watched zeitgeist when i was 18 and i was like oh yeah. there's yeah, a cabal yeah. controlling everything behind the media but i don't think Nobody can do that. No, it's not like, as defined as that. Yeah. I think it's just the terms are kind of generalised a little bit and kind of scaled down. But, but I don't know. You hear stuff and see stuff, and you think, so, you know, did was it you? Did you share the Charlie Brooker um, TV? How TV ruined your life? I watched it. Hell yeah! It's so so good, isn't it's it? And that proper good, yeah. like again, it's someone who is making a TV program. And but it's on TV and yeah. it's ripping TV yeah. to shreds. It's like, how did you do this, Charlie? It's Basically, it's Charlie Brooker, you know, wrote uh, Black Mirror, yeah, yeah. Um, does the end of the year thing. And that's so, so yeah, good. Really that's good. it. Um, fundamentally breaking down like the reason why television come into our homes yeah. um, through government and BBC and propaganda. It's not directly through that, but it sort of touches it, uh, on that. Public information. Films, public information yeah. films. And then, that's it. And then spoke about how they were kind of made to people, made to make people fearful of the world around them that was just episode one as well yeah and some there's of them are right, insightful like look left and right when you cross the road or whatever but then there's some of them that are just next level crazy aren't was it was it the nuclear war was that one on that episode oh that's it and they they um oh it was a film didn't it have um who's the guy from police academy Zuckerberg? no <laughs> but yeah it's like a legitimate gutenberg. gutenberg that's it not a zuckerberg other, other guy um <laughs> Yeah, it was like a legitimate film, and it's basically like the fallout of nuclear war yeah, and stuff yeah, like that. that and, they really they but they actually them. showed the res- the government response to that and the bills that were put in afterwards as a response to that. Some people see it as such, such an element of truth in it. It actually affected politics and media and the way people live their lives from like the sixties and seventies on. Like, yes. I, I remember when nine eleven happened. Shortly after nine eleven happened, there was no talk about Islam or Muslims that being responsible. It only started to creep in a few years afterwards. And when I re- there was that 153 minutes that yeah. documentary, right? Yeah. And I was watching it, and it was just constantly showing like sound bites of people that were blaming Islam, and yeah. it's like, oh, and I was, was, I was, no, I was where's before, everyone else? Was, I remember like, I was working at Costco at the time, and there was this really really aggressive woman. She was always aggressive, and I hated working there. And I remember it came on. It was I was on the till by the um, by the TV screens, and it came on. Uh, and it was like the next day, this angry woman started having a car. This like, you know, he looked, he had a beard, like the sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, and going, you fucking ragged, you fucking did this, oh, and everyone God. was like, oh, you better go, mate. No one went. What are you no. saying? No, no, no. Well, nobody dropped her. Yeah, no, no one fucking no dropped her. Oh, you better go, mate. It was like, well, look, well, you know, she's probably got a point. And it was, but people were angry. And the thing is, like these things happen, and it just makes everyone angry. Yeah. And all the time, people are angry. Like uh, it's a good position for the government to go. Like, well, we're going to sneak in a load. We're going to put in a load of fucking restrictions on liberty here because we need to be safe. Yeah. And all those kind of things. And I do think that happens. I do, I, I try not to get too far. Harks back to V for Vendetta, and it when it's like, I know why you did it. You were scared, and it's like, yeah. oh, why did you get it right? <laughs> yeah, it is but it's like you can't i i question why films like that are made i do wonder whether like writers and directors are like we know stuff's going on we need to let people know in some kind of indirect way kind of thing but then is that again just us being kept scared is that part of that whole propaganda thing again? Again, not just some like devil sitting behind the desk going, right, we're going to do this and we're going to do that and do that. And or are we else. just scared by it as a result of that? 
yeah and maybe f- and then we think we want to believe that someone's controlling that yeah because the idea of it just being a result of chaos is more terrifying yeah more scary <laughs> i guess yeah that is true i can't believe we've got into Conspiracies. Uh, <laughs> Let's talk about aliens. <laughs> I want to just clarify that um, I am sympathetic towards people who have died in the war. Uh, I'm an advocate for help for heroes, and um, I understand that people and sol- fallen soldiers and everything. I agree that stuff has happened, and I am not against you know. Uh, dude, uh, literally, if I watch Blackadder, I can't watch that last episode of Series Four. What one was it? You know when they go over they the top. Go, oh, oh, my oh, I've literally just got like goosebumps just yeah, thinking about it. It's like, yeah, oh. totally. Because the way I look at it, when oh, we're going to get into politics now, when I look at the the pre, the past few set governments that have been in power, they've kind of just decimated the world that the soldiers left behind for us. Like they built the NHS, they they built social um, welfare, they built social housing, yeah, and subsequent governments have slowly ebbed away at that and i'm like but people die for that yeah shit. yeah and that's that's what gets my goat that's what really gets my fucking goat. yeah it's a worry that stuff like that that can af- affect so many people and potentially we should have a, a voice on a say on what happens with it is potentially in the hands of people that are just going to do what they want to do anyway because i question how much like the voting system and stuff like that how much of it is controlled and how much do we know about it and everything else like lego movie at the beginning like they start the company and they say oh we own like all history books voting machines and stuff like that and you think like this is a kid's cartoon and they're saying stuff like that and it's like you just don't know what to believe anymore but again it's like i've, I've read a theory that they teach certain things in school to trigger mindsets later on in life like they teach shakespeare because no kid wants to learn shakespeare and what that does is that teaches your mind to accept things that you don't want to accept. Uh, that's amazing. So then as you grow up, you because you do like a whole year on Shakespeare, yeah. but you're growing up, you're developing, yeah. and you don't want to do Shakespeare. It's no. boring. Yeah. It's so boring. Yeah. That you have to do things in life that you don't want to do. Yeah. I've often questioned why I was taught the uh, free, is it the crop rotation system of the 1800s? Yeah, or I was taught that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. My geography exam was like crop rotation, uh, weather, and shit like that. And yeah. I'm like, well, where's Brazil? Yeah, like, where's <laughs> like where are places? Yeah, tell me more about uh, animals that live there. Because I really totally weren't taught it at school. Nah. And uh, I remember like looking at a map once and going, "Fuck." Yeah. Like, Portugal's there. I thought Portugal was yeah, there. Yeah, yeah it does. Yeah. yeah. In your brain, you've kind of got like a mental image of what is around the country or whatever. And when you actually look at the map, you're like, fucking hell, Finland's like just up there. It's like crazy. So what um, you talked about being in hospital. Yeah, yeah. So were you, so were you sectioned then? Yeah. Voluntary I, I basically tried kidding myself on a... <laughs> I kind of laugh about it now because uh, I, I was with some friends. I was drunk went to a train station to jump in front of a train and typical British trains, there was not another train for three, four hours. So I was like, <laughs> fucking typical. So I found a broken bottle and I just went crazy on my wrist. Somebody saw it on CCTV, called an ambulance and off I went. Um, and I was in there for 10 days, I think. Yeah. But, but the experience was profound. I, I realised, I, I saw four, four things taught me. It was like, a growth almost like the first person was a guy who would co- constantly come up to you and be like, what did you say? what did you say? And he'd be like, I didn't say anything to you, mate. And then he, his family came to see him and he didn't recognize him and he sort of got violent with him. And I was like, right. I, th- I thought I was like crazy yeah, as it yeah, were, but that that's gone. Like yeah. that's, uh, that is chemical. Like the brain is just not working properly. So I'm not at that level. Um, and then another guy was paranoid that people were after him, but he knew people weren't after him. So he set, he put himself into the hospital. And from that, I was able to glean the, the mind can create problems that don't exist. Yeah. Um, other people that I was talking to who were suicide, who had tried committing suicide, the resounding story I heard from them was that they were being treated badly by the people in their immediate environment. So from that, I was able to glean that there's not a problem with them. There's a problem with the way society treats them. Yeah. And then the last one, oh, this old dear, she was suicide. She was like 70 or something. And I was dying for a cigarette and they wouldn't let us outside to smoke. In fact, they'd confiscated my cigarettes. 
she passes me this little pack of Kleenex and inside that Kleenex was loads of little rollies. And she passed me that and I'm like, oh, but where are you going to go smoking? She's like, just go in the toilet. What are they going to do? Put you in a loony bin. <laughs> and I was just like, so the rules, they don't really apply too much. Yeah. And then all of a sudden this like anarchist mindset was born. And I came out of the walls with this, with the mindset, I'm going to teach myself how to overcome this. Because at the time it was literally, there's your diagnosis, fuck off. Yeah. Wow. And they can't, they how do you deal with that? They don't keep you in. They only keep you in whilst you're on emergency or yeah. whilst you're at real risk to yourself or others. Mm. After that, it's meant to be aftercare, but the aftercare's not very good. I ne- I'd never got any aftercare. No, you meant to, like, you meant to have, like, you'd be like an outpatient. It took me years to get a good service out of like, mental health, and I kind of have now, uh, but it did take years and years. Um, but yeah, no, they do. I've worked with so many people who have been in like bands and psych wards, and. Um, like they've been taken in the minute they were like standing on top of a bridge. The police have got them. Mm-hmm. Take them straight there. Right, that's, your that's what got me. Police got me. Yeah. at the train station. Your problem now, and you're over. Police wash their hands of you. You're in there until you're not a danger to yourself anymore. One of the one of the police that picked me up though um, was a young lass, and she was talking to me like with compassion and empathy. Yeah, and it didn't feel like it didn't feel like she was passing me off. So maybe there was an aspect of that that people do care on some degree no no and i think you're totally right everyone always thinks the police are bad but no i like the, i like the they're police human it's just when you get like caught doing a crime mm. there yeah. yeah well yeah exactly <laughs> well quite quite but even even with regards to the crime I, if you if you look at society you've got an oligarchical society then you've got the anarchists which makes up everybody if you want to go down a 30 mile per hour road at 40 mile per hour you're going at 40 mile per hour that makes that common law but if the police catch you then you're doing a crime so the, the what makes crime is being caught doing it. Yeah. Because if if you get for, for a law to be a law, it has to be true in a hundred percent of cases, like the law of gravity. Otherwise, it's just a statute, a rule, something yeah. to keep you on the straight and narrow. Yeah. A rule, that makes sense. To, a ruler to keep you on the straight and narrow. So it's just like, just don't be an asshole. <laughs> don't yeah, burgle people. Don't mug people. Is, like the bulk of people, like the majority of people unhappy with that it's really different when it comes into speed limits um, i'll just i'll just use that as an example yeah no yeah. no but uh, uh but generally you know like yeah most people do break the speed limit and most people aren't going to find the police on you if you were doing 50 down a 30 then someone might unless it's, it's a con- like you're country, country do, lane yeah you're allowed to do a bit more you know like most people accept a bit more and then but if you go there's taking court, a piss sort of yeah, thing. and there's <laughs> taking the piss and that's the thing with laws really is that the people who generally get caught and get in the trouble are the ones who just totally fragrantly flouted yeah. the law. Um, but what it, it's all it's all basically based on like the majority of people don't like that. Yeah. So that's yeah. why they have it against the law. So there was a time when the majority of people um, like who actually said anything didn't like gun. And we we started we starting to see things turn around. Um, say in the seventies, drugs were very much like no 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 yeah. no. Whereas now weed for instance you can buy a cbd weed in a shop mm. legally yeah, you just go into a shop and they've got jars and that but essentially though they're all right because you can't go it's all right you can't get off your face so they won't be like the 70s videos it will change i actually yeah. wrote to because I, I smoked weed for like eight years or so i gave up about a year ago now but i wrote to my tory mp and i said to him like oh it should be legalized and he wrote back to me and he said is this government's opinion not my own, yeah, that yeah. wants to see it legalised. Mm. Yeah, the Tories want to see it legalised. Yeah. Because, and it, but he said it's a generational thing. It can't just happen overnight. So you start, you saw the oil creep in. Yeah. And it's kind of like, well, hands off with that. This is starting to creep in now. And I do I do think it will become legalised. Just that a bit more sensible about things. Yeah. Yeah, it's looking at it objectively. Like people aren't going to go around killing everyone. And <laughs> as, as... It's like a reefer people, madness, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Like the war on drugs, people are starting to realise that. There is a wicked, crazy. wicked documentary on Netflix at the moment, uh, Fab Five Freddy from the MTV show. Yeah, yeah, That's I'm on sure. Netflix and it goes into um, Reefer Madness and why it's called marijuana because so it, it sounded more relatable because the Mexicans were bringing it over the border and they <laughs> wanted to build up fear um, exactly. around That's Mexicans the other element of it, and black people. Like, keep black people and keep Mexicans, keep anyone who's not fucking white. It, Anyone who, and those radical thinkers. Yeah. Them goddamn hippies. Yeah. Literally, (laughs) we need to keep them under control. So we've got, now, we've got something in place where we can go, 
right, oh, you've gone too far, we'll nick you. Yeah. Like, they've just created a way to arrest their way out of those people. And when it's put in that context and when it shows you, I don't know how factual it is, but for me, just sort of sitting there watching on a television that was such an element of truth for so have long in my life. Have you seen Bowling for Columbo? Is that about this shooting? That, uh, must have, have you seen I'm that? I've not seen that. No, no. It's, so, it's Michael it Moore, right? I've got it somewhere. Right? I've oh, no, yeah, pinch of it. salt, man. After Zeitgeist and seeing all the shit that was behind that, I was like, ah, you've got to take it with a pinch of salt now. Well, yeah. I think you do have to take it with a pinch of salt. But uh, like Bowling for Columbo, and they were talking about the shootings, and basically it came down to like why... Um, Marilyn Manson, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was Marilyn Manson's fault. Uh, but they were saying essentially, it, what he was saying essentially, like they won't get rid of guns because <laughs> white people are scared of black people. So they want their guns just in case. Yeah. And that's what he was essentially saying. And like, then you get like the National Rifle Association, they're like, oh no, we're having fucking guns. That's crazy, isn't it? Like, how much... Is that it- not in charge, in fact? Uh, should be. You're still on it. I can still yeah. see you. But yeah, the, his late last two um, films. I haven't seen the latest one, but the one before, how like debt and banks and everything yeah. are, um, are turning everything around. I don't think that's on Netflix yet. But that yeah. is mind blowing. When, when it, like, when it comes of... to debt, in my younger nihilistic days, I always wanted to see just everyone on mass just stop paying their mortgages and loans. Because within yeah. the space of five, and literally, if if the bailiffs come to check your house, be like, right, you've not paid this, so we're gonna nick you. But everyone on the street just stands in front of the house, just being like, well, you can't. Yeah. But every do, everyone does that over and over again. To an extent, didn't it? When they had like the bank crisis, and in, and this is, I think, uh, it's called Sicko or something like that. This Michael Moore one's called, and it, it's about that. Like, it really goes into that. It's like, like they're going, the like the police are coming with guns. To two old people to seize a house. Yeah, Jesus two old Christ. people are refusing to leave their house, and they're old, and they're saying, "Look, we've got nowhere else to go." And they're like, "No, you've got to come." And like, essentially, we're going to have to arrest you. And it's like, and this was happening all over America and in this country. Yeah, um, there was a little bit as like, well, and that is just because they were uh, saying they went. Um, oh, in a weird twist of way, they're now working for the banks. I'm like, what do you mean? They said. Um, the banks give them $80 if they'll clear out the house themselves and they hand them a physical check and they go, right, now you're essentially working for us now, clearing it all for us and everything else. Because one, one of my early luck. business ideas was to... So you can buy a debt on mass. So say there's parking tickets and you know where they're going to be auctioning off that debt. You can go and buy, say, 500 parking tickets for, I don't know, a grand, right? So then you're, you're like, I don't know how much that makes them worth, like five quid each maybe? Yeah, I can't be bothered. Come to the wrong place for maths, mate. But if the debt's (laughs) 50 quid. Even if it's like several hundred quid that they owe, but you've bought it for a fiver, you could then just ask people to pay it off with a tenner. Everyone's just going to be like, yeah, take it. No more debt. Then their credit rating goes up. And there are some people that are doing that already. It's like, oh, it's pretty sweet. That's amazing. I'm doing you a favour, mate. No, no, not even gradually. Because you've bought the debt for a fiver... They only really owe you a fiver. Yeah. But you can double your money just by charging them a tenner. And you can charge a tenner yeah. to clear off a hundred quids worth of debt, right? Yeah. But there, there are people already doing that. That's so good. It's it like is... Robin Hood kind of shit. I love that. Yeah, but you're not you're not being Robin Hood, really. Well, no, because you're, so you're... The, the, the most of the places where the debt comes from is large corporations or yeah. council oh, right, things. Yeah, I guess, yeah. So it is like Robin Hood mm. because they've already foot the bill and then they're selling it off for 10 quid because... Like, there's no way to secure the yeah. debt. It's just like... Mm. It is just like, again, though, it's one of those things where, like, I'm going through that at the moment with debt. I'm really, I mean, like, 50, 60 grand's worth of debt and we're trying to get it all sorted out and mm. it's nuts. Crazy, crazy. But, like, the thinking behind that, like, I used to be so scared of it and when I was younger, I had, like, 300 quid credit card and they were writing letters and the phone calls and everything. It made me really ill, like, really got to me. But this time around, knowing what I'm knowing, and we were up for paying. We we want to pay our way and I can't pay that much, obviously, but we, you know, we've, we tried to get it all consolidated and that is actually a bit of a myth. There's a lot to it and you have to, basically, you're getting another loan. We can't get another loan yeah, to that yeah, amount of debt and everything else. And just, like, by talking about it and writing to people and they've gone 
like Bartley's been amazing. Like they said, oh, if if it's affecting your mental health, there's people we can speak to. We can send. Oh. Out. But yeah, basically, like it's it's not a bigger problem as it made out to be, and it, there is so much fear around it. It's because if you've got a mental health problem, they can't chase the debt. Well, no, of course, but like it, there, there is so basically we there's so much fear. Around, oh, I can't get in debt. Mustn't get in debt. Deadline. Uh, daytime TV's filled with it all. Yeah. But essentially, it is like you say a process, a thing on paper, and if you talk about it and manage it it can be managed and it can be and sorted you offer out. something yeah yeah and it, it, it yeah, nothing's as scary as they make I've out i've seen so it. many people in court and they're like the magistrate they're being done for non-payment of like criminal fines i've worked in like courts for years and um not i don't anymore but uh what they do is <laughs> someone will come in and they, they owe thousands on like a fine for essentially like uh not paying a bill or something and then they go, I'll give you five pound a week out of my benefits, and they go, so we've done. Let's yeah. go. It is a simple. Let's move it it doesn't have to be as. I don't know how many parking tickets I've written off in my time just by writing some cleverly worded letters. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I won't do it again. No, no, not I even have that. tried that. I didn't get away with it. I should have gone. I have mental. Twelve. Yeah. Twelve. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I didn't say I was mental. I literally just wrote him a letter twelve. that said. This is what I believe to be true. I'm not paying it. And they're just like, oh, we can't chase it up. So, Oh, really? Yeah, that was nuts. Well, that's it. Hour. <laughs> we, we haven't even started on anything. Nah. We haven't. We barely crazy. scratched the surface. We haven't. We, start, we kind of got into a few little bits. But anyway, that's got to be it. Yeah. We've, got, we've got to keep to the rule. But just uh, please, like, don't get in debt or go out and kill people. <laughs> and we like the army. Yeah, we like the army. Yeah. The good old boys. <laughs> we love the. We love our boys. Basically, we love everyone, yeah. and that's the well, message. Essentially, we do though. Essentially, I yeah. believe that everyone should be nice to each other. Love everyone. So, be nice to each other. Be humble. Be Brad humble. E. Don't be me, please. Yeah, but be and, humble. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't be wankers. Yeah. Take care, everyone. Be nice to each other. Love and respect. Say bye-bye, Brad. Ciao, ciao, everybody. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye.